we continue in our series on the Beatitudes, I'm going to read you a slightly uh, longer version or longer portion of text than you see in your bulletin, and then I'm going to explain to you why. I'm reading Matthew chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you please to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, thou our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today I'm going to give you an opportunity to be merciful because I messed up. (laughs) Here we are. I was reading along in the Beatitudes. I preached last week on verses 3 and 4, and so I assumed today I was preaching on 5 and 6, and I studied blessed are the meek and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's what I prepared. Then I came in this morning and looked at the bulletin and saw blessed are the merciful and blessed are the pure in heart. I looked over the calendar. This is totally my fault, totally my mistake. This is no one else's. Uh, We had uh, kind of divided up the schedule in a different way for a good reason, and I had completely forgotten about that, so here we are. And yet, it fits with some things that have been going on in my life, and so we're just going to try something. God works in our lives in remarkable ways, and I think that although I messed up in a very specific way, um, there are elements of this that all of us can relate to, I hope so. And so we are grateful for the merciful who will receive mercy. A funny thing happened this last week. One of the dynamics of being a pastor is that we have many things we're responsible for in every week like knowing what we're preaching on, for example. (laughs) And then another part of pastoring is things that come to you. And one of the things that I've learned in my life is often things, kind of the weirdest things that come to me are the most mine to do. So I'm going to tell you a weird story. So I had a very full week last week. I'm going on vacation next week. I still have a lot of paperwork to deal with my parents' finances and my dad's death. And so it's been a really busy time. Tuesday, end of the day, Linda Kuntz got a call in the church office, uh, a pastor named Carla Garcia asking for my phone number. Now, Bless her, Linda Kuntz is very protective of me, which is exactly what I want her to be. So she called me at home, and I said, yes, I know about this, and I called Carla back. Now you may be, Carla Garcia. Carla Garcia is a pastor. She's also a nurse. So the way that I've known about Carla Garcia is through Jim and Linda Baker. Many of you know Jim and Linda Baker, beloved members of this congregation who normally worship at 8 o'clock service. Jim was diagnosed with ALS two years ago, and his ALS is progressing. Part of that progression is that he needs to have a nurse every morning. Monday through Friday, Carla Garcia is his morning nurse. 
Jim and Linda would tell me about their morning nurse, Carla Garcia, and they said, you won't believe this. Carla's also a pastor in the AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal, which is part of our Methodist family, you know, part of our Methodist movement. There are a lot of churches in our Methodist movement, the UMC, the AME, AME Zion, CME, there are a bunch of different denominations that have the same Methodist heritage. Uh, Carla is part of the African Methodist Episcopal denomination. She comes out of Allen Chapel. So Carla calls and tells me a story. Her daughter, Lindsay, is good friends with a woman named Kristen. Kristen's younger sister, Jennifer Jones, died in Florida, tragically. Jennifer Jones, beautiful blonde girl, was going to college at Tallahassee Community College, and she was killed in a car accident there and died instantly. Jennifer's family doesn't have a church home. But Carla knew the family because of her daughter's friendship with Jennifer's big sister, and Carla just felt a pull that she should do this service. And so Carla called me Tuesday night and said, I feel this pull to do the service, and um, I need someone to help me. Carla and I had not yet met at this point. This is your fault, Jim Baker. <laughs> So Carla and I had not even met, and we're talking on the phone, and it's just so freaky, I think it's God. She describes the situation, a family that does not have a church home. She's going to go meet with the family Wednesday night. I'm often busy Wednesday nights. That Wednesday night, I wasn't busy. The funeral is going to be Saturday. I could do that Saturday morning. I wasn't committed to anything. And in that kind of funny God way, I said, yes. So Wednesday night, I was meeting with this family so deeply bereaved at this tragic loss. And they showed me pictures of the beautiful daughter, sister, aunt, uh, Jennifer Jones. And it was heartbreaking, but I was glad to be there, and I hoped I could be of help. Then on Saturday, I assisted Carla with the service. Carla did a beautiful job. I just did a few pieces of it. It was down at Fitzgerald's funeral home, and then the burial was at Scandinavian Cemetery. And you know how sometimes you do something that comes out of the blue, but then you get a real clear sense of why you did it, like, oh, that's why I did it. This was not one of those. <laughs> so I, I hope I blessed someone. I hope my presence there was worth something in God's economy, but I haven't seen it yet. I'm just letting you know. So that was part of what was going on last week. And then I came back from that, and all week I'd been working on blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I got home, and I have to confess, I was just wiped out. And so I worked a little bit more on the sermon, but it wasn't quite coming together, and there we are. And then I came in this morning, and I saw, oh, you're supposed to be preaching on something else anyway. <laughs> now, I told you a story specific to being a pastor, but I think all of us can relate to pieces of this. Those funny experiences where something comes into your life and you think, I think I'm supposed to do this, but I'm not really clear why. Or, I, well, they asked me to do it and I can do it, so I said yes, and you find yourself going down a road, and sometimes you get that really clear answer of, oh yeah, this, this is why you were the one needed, 
And other times you don't, and you just give it up to God and say, okay, I hope, I hope that was helpful. I hope we did good. I hope, I hope some good came out of that experience. But in the meantime, my having done that made me less capable to do the sermon, which I had committed to all of you to do. And so I ask mercy for what would have been a sermon on the wrong text or coming unprepared for the sermon on the right text, whatever it was, here we are. Brothers and sisters, we need mercy. We mean well. We want to serve God. We want to fulfill our commitments to our families and to our workplace and to our friends. And sometimes everything goes great, but sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes we mess up. We miss a detail that helps us understand what we should have done, or we forget some little piece of it, and we mess up, and we need mercy. And part of the Christian community is being mercy for one another in these times that we mess up. We gather Sunday after Sunday because we come asking for God's mercy. And God sees our desires, and God forgives us. And God invites us to be people of mercy, knowing that we ourselves have needed mercy over and over and over again in our lives. I want to share with you a story out of the tradition of Julian of Norwich. Julian was a mystic out of Norwich, England, in the time of the plague, where all sorts of people were dying, this horrible uh, death from the plague in England, and it spread into other parts of Europe. And Julian lived in a hermitage, just alone in her own place, but she was very wise, and people would come to her and ask her for counsel. Over a period of time, she received different visions from God. She didn't call them visions. She called them showings or revelations. And what God showed over and over again was that God is love. Over and over again, she had these images of the profound love of God. One of her stories speaks to, again, a situation I think many of us can relate to. It's the story of a servant whose master loved a particular kind of mushroom. The servant loved his master and very much wanted to bring this special mushroom as a, a treat, a surprise, a gift to the beloved master. And so the servant ran off to get those mushrooms for his master. The servant ran off, and very shortly after running off, he ended up in a bramble bush, and he was all covered with brambles, and he was just a mess. And then the servant continued going, but it had maybe rained or it was muddy. And next thing he knew, he slid down in the mud and he ended up in the river and he's stuck in the river and he's got brambles and mud and he still hasn't found the mushrooms. He goes into a forest, but he can't find the right kind of mushrooms there. And finally, he comes home to the master and he's just a mess. He has brambles in his hair and he has mud down his his leg and he's wet from falling in the river and he doesn't even have the mushrooms he went out to get. And the master looks at the servant and sees his heart and knows the servant went running out there out of love. And the master takes the servant in and is, welcomes him back and the servant feels awful and is, is, you know, kind of crying out how much he messed up and 
the loving master we're fine. How nice of you to try to go and find my mushrooms. That is a profound image of who our God is. When we mess up out of good intentions, God forgives us. God receives us. God sees our hearts. We want things to go a certain way, but they don't always go that way. And Sometimes we had good intentions, but we take on things we can't fulfill, or we put too much on our plate, or we take on something maybe we really don't have the capacity to complete, or maybe we don't do something, and then we feel bad because we really should have done that thing. There are all sorts of ways to be just like that servant in the story, the one who meant to do the right thing and messed up. Our God is a loving God who sees our hearts and sees when we mess up in the service of God. And I hope that that image from Julian of Norwich gives you comfort when you think of those times that you didn't quite do or accomplish what you meant to do and you need mercy. And we come to a church community and we acknowledge our need for mercy and we are forgiven When we offer forgiveness to one another, we're acknowledging that we know we need it ourselves. None of us is perfect. None of us gets it all right. We need that comfort of knowing that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And God's grace takes us in in the midst of it. Blessed are the merciful For they will receive mercy. If they can offer that mercy to others, they create a dynamic in which others also offer mercy to them. Blessed are the pure in heart, those who know the master loves mushrooms. I want to go get those mushrooms. And even if they mess up in that, God sees the intent, God sees the desire, and God welcomes home that servant with open arms. Thanks be to our generous God who loves us, who has mercy on us, who invites us to be people of clear sight and mercy for one another. Amen.